Do you enjoy dark comedy, puns, and laughter? If so, come join two good brothers, John and Patrick, as we discuss some of the craziest ways people die. That's so bizarre, strange, and borderline comical that'll leave you dumbfounded. You can follow this podcast on all major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram at the Dumbfounded Pod and on Twitter at TDFDPod. And remember, think ahead, don't be dumbfounded. Welcome back to Weird Distractions Podcast, a podcast that chats true crime, paranormal stories, conspiracy theories, urban legends, folklore, a little bit of this, a little bit of that to provide you a distraction from everyday life. I'm Alex. And Christy. And this week we are back talking paranormal and we are going to be specifically talking about a haunted hotel in Utah. Uh, But before we dive into that, Christy. What is your need for a distraction? Um, short and sweet. My distraction this week is work because work sucks. I hate work right now. I hate everything. That's the end of the story. <laughs> Same <laughs> countdown to retirement in like 30 years. That's Ish. actually the only good news I had this week was retirement what? because Hoop, te- Hoop emailed me. <gasps> and they're like, we increased your thing. And I was like, fucking right, you did. Same. I got that email. I'm like, thank God. Does that mean I can retire next year? Because... Your Not girl, can't, your girl can't do it anymore. <laughs> Not quite, but there's a little bit of extra money in there, so I was like, "Yes, you, you do good. Thank you." You do good. Thank you. <laughs> oh yes, no, I agree. And actually, before we dive in, I forgot to mention we have a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, really? So, for those that have submitted listener stories, we are hoping to release our first listener story episode on June 13th. Uh, I think as mentioned in our last episode, we're hoping to do it bi-monthly, but it really depends on the story submission. So if you want to hear your weird tales on air, Christy and I will both read it. We'll go back and forth. Uh, you can email us at weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com. We want to hear your paranormal stories. We want to hear your true crime adjacent stories. Don't tell us, you know, murderous things you've done. We don't have a legal team to figure that Deal one out. <laughs> exactly. You, you should probably just turn yourself in. We don't want to hear yep. about it. Thanks, no. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Mm. I, can, I can barely afford my own bail if I get arrested, let alone anyone else. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if you want to hear us talk about some of the weird experiences you've ever experienced, let us know. Email us. Please. And final, final, final thing. I want to shout out our two Patreon supporters. Two. We have two. Like, when Christy and I started Patreon in January, we were like, oh, maybe we'll get, like, one person. And then things were really slow. We're like, shit. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody wants to hear us for money. That's fine. It's fair. It's like a vacant a pa- only chance account. <laughs> it's it's a panorama. It's fine. Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. But we want to shout out Tom and Bailey for supporting the show. We appreciate you guys both so very much. Like you have no idea how much joy it brings to us that you are on our Patreon, that you're supporting the show a little bit extra, and hopefully you're enjoying the bonus bonus content. Uh, And if you want to get a shout-out like Tom and Bailey on air, check us out on Patreon.com. We're at Weird Distractions Podcast. Do it. All right, Christy, are you ready to go on a trip, a hypothetical trip? Because let's be real, we're never leaving this province. I would like to go on a real trip, but I guess I'll take this 
an imaginary trip yourself. Exactly. (laughs) And for those who don't live in Ontario, Canada, and for those who don't know, we just got hit with another uh, extended stay-at-home order. So a hypothetical trip would be great right now. Even a mental trip. Just something. Just anything. So this week we are taking our hypothetical trip to Ogden, Utah, uh, to talk about a poorly haunted hotel with a history of many name changes and some weird tales associated with it so before i drop the name to you christy uh do you want to give a trigger warning so i'm going to be discussing suicide kind of on and off throughout my notes not in depth or like graphic detail but i'm going to be mentioning it so if that's a little bit triggering to you if you're listening just a heads up you've been warned so please tune out or if you want to keep tuning in we would agree like that Exactly. Uh, But this week we are talking about the Bigelow Ben Lamond Hotel in Utah. So our story actually begins with the Reed Hotel, which was a five-story hotel that was open for business on July 4th, 1891. But don't get attached to the Reed Hotel at all. Like, don't. (laughs) Just don't. (laughs) Just a little mention. Like a summer fling, just don't get attached. (laughs) Um, Because unfortunately the whole Reed Hotel situation wasn't going to last long. Uh, the Reed Hotel was brought down to its bones, a.k.a. the foundation, uh, and after reported $1.25 million, the Bigelow Hotel was born. This was all in 1927. We have a new name. We have kind of a new hotel. And I say kind of because it was built on the remains of the last hotel. So, yeah, things inside can be a little different, but it's still the same size-ish. Yeah, it's kind of like when your uh, ex-boyfriend or ex-partner or what have you comes back and they're like oh my gosh like I've had a year to really change myself this that and the other so you kind of like rekindle that relationship and then you changed yeah yeah I (laughs) know face surface things might have changed but on the inside she's still the same person who's still an asshole exactly the Bigelow Hotel uh, was named after a local banker by the name of Archie Bigelow apparently wasn't named after uh what's that movie Bigelow European Gigolo way before it's time Something like that. Something like that. But the Bigelow Hotel, which is located at, or was located, still is, we'll get to it, at 25110 Washington Boulevard, saw Utah at its finest. Uh, Because in the 1920s, what have you, there was a huge peak of wealth coming in, and the hotel was flourishing. With what? Just people? Money, people, wealth, every, like, expensive, I don't know. It was was on the up and up. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was very it was doing well for itself. Let's just put it that way. Okay. The hotel would be known as one of Utah's three grand hotels, along with being Ogden's tallest building. I couldn't find the other two grand hotels. I tried looking and then I stumbled on a Pinterest page and it didn't give me any answers. So if you're listening from Utah and you know what the other two hotels are, because I'm losing sleep over this one. That's weird. Nothing on there. Hmm. I know. Uh, according to the Haunted Houses website coverage, each public room of the Bigelow Hotel had a different theme, each with matching decor. So, for example, one small ballroom, which was called the Spanish Room, was furnished in Mediterranean furnishings. So she fancy. She was matching. She was making sure she was looking good. Everything was beautiful. Stunning. I do like that. You get to go on like a little mini trip depending which room you go to. Like, let's right? go down under the sea. Let's go... I don't know, to the desert, whatever you want to decorate that. <laughs> exactly. No, it's very uh, eye appealing. 
I don't know if there's another, for lack of a better term, eye appealing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so attractive. What, okay. Attractive. <laughs> you would have been a way better word. <laughs> from what I read on the National Register of Historic Places website, the hotel even had a two-story tower, which was designed as a penthouse for the Bigelow family. So not only was the hotel named after Archie, but his family got to live in the high-rise of the hotel. So they were doing the penthouse good. Penthouse suite. Yeah, which I feel like as a local banker, living his best life. Mm-hmm. It also had a coffee shop and a Florentine palace ballroom. To emphasize again, she was fancy. Yeah, you need a ballroom for those weddings or those balls or whatever they do back then. I don't know. Whatever, whatever you do back in the 1920s. I don't know. <laughs> You're fun, whatever you do. Yeah, whatever fun was back then. Uh, Unfortunately, the high was short-lived, as most things in life, as the 1929 market crash meant fewer guests at the hotel, especially fewer wealthy guests. So stock market crashed. The wealthy were kind of maybe losing money. No one could really afford to go on a vacation or anything like that. Which was very unfortunate at that time. Glad we didn't live in it, but... Yeah, exactly. The hotel tried to maintain a steady income by offering low fee boarding options. However, this allegedly brought in not necessarily a reported great crowd. And I say that because just because you're low income doesn't mean you're not a great human being. But I think what they're trying to allude to was some of the people that were coming in weren't necessarily doing so well, put it that way. Okay. Yeah, it's giving me a lot of, like, uh, Hotel Cecil vibes or Cecil Hotel vibes. You know mm, what I mean? Yes. Kind of like, let's go live there, but not really should live there kind of thing. Yeah, let's go live there, but uh, maybe let's not. <laughs> let's say we didn't, didn't, didn't actually don't. So, some new boarding room guests would allegedly take advantage of the underground tunnels... Because, of course, there's underground tunnels. We uh, have some underground tunnels. I know. For alleged drug smuggling and prostitution. Oh, the tunnel, well, not for those reasons. Not for those reasons. No, we like to explore them. We don't like to partake in, you know, those activities. The tunnel ran from the Bigelow down 25th Street to the railroad station, according to the Haunted Houses website. During this time is when we get some of our reported deaths on site. For example... According to that Haunted Houses website again, two brothers allegedly jump out of the window of the hotel sometime after the 1929 market crash. I couldn't find any names of said brothers or confirm this actually happened, though, so it could just be ghost lore or folklore of sorts. In 1933, after four years of absolute probably fucking chaos, the Bigelow was saved by Mariner Eccles, who bought the hotel and renamed it the Ben Lamond Hotel. Came to the rescue. Eccles uh, tried to kick out those who were causing criminal activity and would try to invest in the hotel, trying to give it kind of a new life, a new chapter, a new look, so to speak. So the Ben Lamont Hotel would run from the 30s until the early 1970s. In 1957, a three-story addition was attached to the east side of the building. And then jumping to the early 1960s, a two-level garage was built adjacent to the southwest corner of the hotel. So... It was gone for a while. It must have been being doing well. Exactly. I think Eccles was able to invest a little bit more into what was obviously a very historic building, which is great. You know, besides renovations during this period, we hear some more lore and reported more deaths that took place on the grounds, though. Of course, because when there is light, there has to be darkness. That's just the way the world works, I guess. Okay. I'm not depressed. I'm just (laughs) realistic. 
damn it. So apparently sometime in World War II, a local woman decided to move into the hotel, specifically the 11th floor. And keep that in mind. Keep that floor in mind, because number eleven in, in number in the brain. eleven. Got it. She was reportedly waiting for her son to return home from the war to be reunited with him once again. Don't know why she couldn't just wait from home to do that, but I don't know the circumstances. These are just the details given to me. Okay, so she's there. She's waiting. Yeah, she's there. She's waiting. Maybe she needed her own vacation. Unfortunately. <laughs> She would never reunite with her son, not because he died in war or in the war. He actually died in a train accident on his way back from World War II. Oh, that's so sad. No, right? Could you imagine? You just got, you're just coming back from war. Everything's honky dory, whatever, and you fucking die on the way home. That that mother must be devastated. Yeah, he survived the war, and then he's just coming home. Nope, just kidding. Exactly. So due to the immense grief, it's been documented that this woman went on what we may refer to as a hunger strike. Uh, She stopped eating completely and allegedly died of malnutrition in her room. However, once again, I was not able to confirm this with any actual factual information. So I, once again, this could just be... Some folklore, someone's story. Exactly. It's a sad one, so I don't know what depressing asshole was just like, let's attach this to this and call it a story. Uh, anyways, it's it's one of those. So, deaths aside, the hotel was beginning to run into problems of its own. So, the upkeep of the hotel, especially one as old as this, needed a big bank to kind of maintain it. So, it needed a lot of upkeep and needed a lot more renovations. Because even though it was a newer hotel in comparison... It still was on the foundation of the Reed Hotel, which was built around 1891, and it's now 1960s, 1970s. So she's been around. Yeah, and there's been a lot built on top of that. So she's probably a little weak. Weak in the the joints or whatever it is. In the joints. I'm going to say weak in the knees. Do buildings have knees? (laughs) Is that a thing? That's what I had to think about that one. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, But yeah, so essentially it just, it was... It was becoming, like, a lot. It, w- it was just becoming a lot to uh, maintain. So after trying to stay afloat, the hotel would close due to what I can assume is overwhelming upkeep costs. At some point, not really specifically sure, the hotel was kind of offered as potential office space, meaning that it needed further renovations to become said office space because you can't just make a hotel into office space and call it a day. No. It's like, let's just take the bed out and then let's just put a desk in. Yeah, uh, exactly. No. No. <laughs> It's not how it works. Of course, history was repeating itself. Once again, whoever was offering this, I don't know if it was Eccles or not, ran into the whole fact of it's going to need renovations. It's gonna, it's way too expensive. Like, we're not bringing in that income to offset the expenses. Yeah, it's so, not worth it for someone to buy it that way. Exactly. So sometime in the 1980s, the hotel would be put up for sale. Uh, but it wasn't really selling fast due to the fact it was so, like... It costed so much to upkeep it and to, like, just keep it afloat, so to speak, right? So even, like, the wealthiest of people were probably looking and, like, oh, this could be great. But then, you know, you kind of look into the fine details and you're like, oh. That shit's too expensive. Just to kind of go off on a tangent a little bit. But I wish we had that kind of warning before becoming adults of, like, how expensive (laughs) life would be. It's like, you can buy into this. This is a great opportunity to explore yourself more. Just a little bit of a side note, real expensive to be an adult. And when you're little, you're like, I want to be an adult. I want to have oh. my life together. I'm an adult now. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. No, I have my I, life together. No, and everything's so expensive. 
Yeah. I'm probably going to go into another little market crash of some sorts or something. Exactly. A personal one for crying out loud. Anyways, depressing talk aside. So this is where um, things kind of get a little bit unnerving for the hotel because the future of it is unknown. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows if anyone's going to buy it. So at one point, according to the Haunted Houses website, uh, city officials and developers were kind of hoping to kind of pull a Miley Cyrus and kind of come in with a wrecking ball towards it and just call it a day. Just say, nope, bye. Just put, just put it all down, even though it was so expensive? Okay. Exactly. But at this point, we're going to cue in the Radisson Corp. So in 1985, this huge hotel chain decided to try and give the Ben Lamont Hotel, a.k.a. the former Bigelow Hotel, another chapter. So the Radisson Corp came in and added a, a then-modern a twist to the hotel's 350 rooms and more than 120 suites. So they bought it, they're sprucing it up, they're trying to give it life again, which, that's good. That's all I have to say, it's good. That's good. Yeah, get a little spruce. So the hotel would reopen and begin its new chapter called the Ben Lamond Historic Suites. Uh, Fast forward to 2016, NORCAP LLC Real Estate purchased the hotel, renaming it the Bigelow Hotel and Residencies. And this is where I emphasize there's so many fucking name changes, but they're all like the same. It's like, it's kind of like when you see different coke products it's like coca-cola diet coca-cola zero coca-cola no sugar like cherry no sugar yeah. no whatever it's zero. like it's yeah it's the same name but they add a little bit of a twist to be like oh but it's new and it's like it's, just still it's the same shit yeah it's the same shit just okay <laughs> it should be re-highlighted that this hotel is located nearby an infamous street in ogden 25th street 25th Street in Ogden has been documented as having a pretty intense violent past. And I don't want to get too far into it in case we cover it on like Patreon or what have you, but I will just kind of give a little acknowledgement to the street because apparently this street yes. is pretty, this street alone is pretty haunted. You know how in New Orleans uh, Bourbon Street is like the party central, this, yeah, the other. Yeah, this street is the haunted, the haunted, street. The haunted street of of Ogden. So version of okay yeah, yeah yeah according to the only in your state website article by Katherine armstrong 25th street used to boast the previously mentioned underground tunnels in its early days for alleged drinking drug use gambling and sex work once again in that same article the only in your state the shops and buildings including our good old hotel here were once connected by said tunnels to get to and from without the hustle and bustle that was going on above the street and probably to avoid the police because <laughs> let's be real here. It's not like, you know, they were just trying to cut off a little bit of their commute. They're like, well, we can avoid seeing cops. We can get you shit travel down. up there. So exactly. As you can imagine, because of this stream, because of what happened in the tunnels, I don't know if there's any reported deaths per se. Like I said, I might cover it in a later episode, mm-hmm. but you can imagine that because they're all connected and because it's a tunnel and because, you know, some, haunted somebody somebody died oh probably without a doubt but in general there's a lot of shit going on down there you can imagine that the whole street has been kind of dubbed a haunted location and anything that was attached to the tunnel so for example our our hotel here Mm -hmm. has had hauntings that people think are associated with said tunnel oh the ghost just be like i'm just gonna come up for a little bit yeah, and I do I do think that some of the, or most, if not all, of the tunnel entryways from the buildings are closed off, probably for safety reasons, because I can imagine the tunnels, probably uh, not... The best standing right now, at least. Yeah, yeah, it kind of like uh, when we were talking about the Amber Room, you mm-hmm. know? 
um, probably not the safest to go under there unless you have like really strong equipment or whatever. But yeah, so needless to say, that's also probably giving some of that paranormal energy towards uh, this hotel. Before I dive into the hauntedness of this location, you know, the meat and potatoes of this, I do have to acknowledge the deaths on the property because I mentioned too before, they're not necessarily... I don't want to say accurate, but they're not necessarily legit. Like, I wasn't able to find any identifying information, but I was able to find some. And let me tell you, it's it's a lot. There are a lot of deaths on this property. Okay. So to kick off, according to the Dead History website article by Jennifer Jones, the first death on site took place on June 28, 1891, when the Reed Hotel was still a thing. A person by the name of William B. Steely, or Steele, was reportedly related to one of the hotel's business owners. So he, William, goes to the hotel. Um, he's, I don't know, he, he has a connection to the hotel, family-wise-ish. So he goes, and it's alleged that he kind of moved to that area, moved into the hotel, because he was struggling with tuberculosis. And he thought that the drier air could help with the tuberculosis at the time. That was a common... A common theme. I think we talked about that in episode three with uh, the Crescent Hotel, where a lot of people move to different locations thinking that the air quality would help their tuberculosis. Unfortunately. Yeah. So regretfully, the tuberculosis would take him at the age of only 48 years old and within one of the rooms of the Reed Hotel. So he actually died in the Reed Hotel. Oh, sad. Yeah, so the next reported death came 11 years later when the hotel was still known as the Reed Hotel. So on September 8th, 2000... Oh, oh my gosh, I was going to say 2002. No. On September 8th, 1902, Mr. and Mrs. Van Allen had moved into one of the hotel apartments. Specifically, they were staying on the once third floor of the Reed Hotel. It's been noted that Mrs. Van Allen was ill... Not sure with what, but ultimately she wasn't doing well. We don't know if it was a physical ailment, a mental ailment. We, we just, we don't know, unfortunately. Uh, on September 8th, her husband had went to go work in his office down down the street. Like he was literally just down the road from the hotel. Uh, pro- probably promising her that she- he'd swing by around lunchtime just to kind of check in on her, see how she's doing. She was really struggling this day. Uh, that's my that's my perception. So when Mrs. Van Allen was left alone, she reportedly died by suicide by shooting herself in the head. Oh. Her husband would find her a few hours later when he and apparently one of the hotel workers came to check in on her on his reported lunch break. That's so sad. Uh, so, be like, hey, honey, and then, yeah. Yeah, I told you guys, I'm sorry. It's 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 not great. A little bit, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not great. On September 26, 1921, Asugi Nakano, or Nakano, who was a reportedly newly hired kitchen staff, allegedly fell three stories down the elevator shaft due to what some believe was a freak accident. So I don't really know what happened, but all we know is that they had, I think, went into the hotel, or the hotel, the elevator, thinking that they were able to get in. And then I don't know if the elevator shaft, like, just lost it or, like, just plopped. And they fell into the shaft. So, like, they were, so they weren't in an actual elevator. No. Like, this, the elevator itself. Like, they were, like, the door was open. They just fell into the empty space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Freak accidents. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Ultimately not not good. Yeah. On March 9th, 1929, uh, now within the Bigelow Walls, we see another death. So on this date, the hotel was hosting the Utah Canners Association Convention. A convention goer by the name of da- Dan Rowland uh, had told some of his friends to come to meet him upstairs in his room on the 12th floor to have some drinks. One of these individuals, a man by the name of Edward Spellman, was invited. Edward was a reported new friend to Dan and only really met, like, just kind of met Dan and his friends while at the convention. So he wasn't really known to hang around Dan and his gang mm-hmm. prior to the convention. It's a little incidental meeting that they're not hanging out. Exactly. So during the party, it's been alleged that one of Dan's friends' wives had too much to drink and decided to take a breather in her own room while everyone else kind of kept drinking. So she... Maybe it was going a little too hard. Maybe she just was tired. She needed a break. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been, you know, needing a break from drinking. So we kind of take a little bit of a power nap, right? Totally understandable. So while everyone else kind of kept doing their own thing, allegedly Edward followed this woman back to her room and began attacking her while she laid in bed, reportedly unconscious. So we can imagine what, what happened. Yeah. He raped her probably. Yeah. Edward's a piece of shit. Just going to put that out there. So. Yeah. Dan walked in on this happening and a fight broke out between him and Edward. And yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) In a quote from the Dead History website, Dan immediately swung back, hitting Edward square on the chin. It was a lucky strike because Edward went down, hitting his head on the wall, killing him almost instantly. Broke his neck. (laughs) Yeah. So the cause of death was a ruptured artery, and Dan was arrested for the incident. So he was arrested for killing Edward, but he would go on to be acquitted. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but there's another death. I mean, Edward, piece of shit. So we're not like super sad about it, but regardless, another death. Okay. So. Do you do you remember the two brothers I mentioned earlier, like the ones that apparently jumped out of the or. Out the yeah. So this isn't this isn't exactly that, but something came up somewhat similar and worth mentioning. Okay. So in 1939, two reported young men by the names of Glenn Jackson and Elmo Chapman were reportedly observed to have some kind of argument outside of the hotel with a bellboy and proceeded to then enter the hotel and go towards the elevator. I don't think Glenn and Elmo were brothers per se, and it's almost 10 years after the report instead of the brothers, but, you know, just just bear with me here. Once in the elevator, they reportedly asked the elevator operator to take them to the top floor. Apparently, the operator kind of, she stated later on, like after one about tell you happened, that she kind of got this weird vibe from the two of them. Like something just wasn't sitting right, this, that, and the other. Like she was getting off bad vibes from the whole situation. Not a good feeling. Okay. Allegedly, she took Elmo and Glenn back down to the main floor to get them assistance. I don't know if they went all the way up to the top floor at this point or if they're just kind of like starting to go up and she's like, nah, fuck this and like went down. What do they need assistance for? Well, back then they would have like an, someone waiting in the elevator to kind of like help you out. Like they would press the buttons for you, I think. So yeah, they go back down. Uh, when they're back down to the lobby, Glenn and Elmo let the operator get out of the elevator before they went up to the top floor by themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Glenn and Elmo made their way to the top floor and they walked to the very end of the hallway toward the window. Mm-hmm. And they both repeatedly died by suicide by both jumping out of said window one by one. What? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. No, no rhyme or reason. Just let's go out and pew. Yeah. So once again, I don't know if this is the exact same story as the one that kind of lingers on before about the two brothers, what have you. Like there are some differences. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe this was uh, like a factual story that now has kind of been twisted over. You, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's kind that of that one's almost like a little like folklore thing that can be proven. But this is something that has a little more sustenance to it. Yeah. And I wasn't able to find out any other like any more information regarding Glenn and Elmo. I don't know what was going on. I There's not really a heck of a lot of information about them out there. But still sad nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Like sad and i'm just gonna say bizarre and weird yeah the way it happened just let's go up and then yep yeah so the next reported death was on july 16th 1951 when a school teacher by the name of donna anderson had reportedly jumped from the ninth floor window on the north side of the building of the hotel to her death that's all the information i could find there was no other information about donna Mm, so could be true could be not true yeah, I think it. I think it actually happened, but, but we don't. Yeah, have, no, yeah, no information in the background. Like, just it happened. It, it just happened. Know. Yeah. So on the Dead History website, once again by author Jennifer Jones, uh, apparently between 1951 and 1974, there were two reported deaths in which both died by natural causes. So it was just there wasn't anything specific. It just they just people just died of natural causes, I guess. So then things get kind of worse. So, get worse? Okay. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, so on October 24th, 1976, shortly before 2 a.m., the body of Henry Topping Jr., uh, who's one of the hotel clerks at the time, was found in the lobby on the floor. Uh, apparently, Henry was stabbed to death 44 times, and police had arrested a 15-year-old who was later convicted for the murder of Henry. Okay, what the hell? Yeah. What's, what's up with this 15-year-old? What's the background on this situation? I could not find anything. Okay. Not, not, nothing. Just nothing. Just a 15-year-old apparently did it, and that's it. Not even a name. Mm. So the 15-year-old just went off and stabbed him 44 times. Yeah. And based on what I recall from literally every crime investigation show, that is overkill. By slightly. Yeah. Not not a pretty scene, not a good scene, and just not great. So in total, there were ten documented deaths. Seven of these deaths were either by suicide, murder, or a freak accident, while the others were more so natural causes. There are other stories that are commonly associated with the hotel that aren't connecting to a once living person as well. So for example, there's a story about a woman and her son who reportedly died on the property. According to the YouTube video I watched called Ogden's Most Haunted, paranormal investigator Josh Shaw noted that in the 1940s, a mother had rented out the honeymoon suite, booking out 1101 for herself and reported, reportedly booked 1102 for her son. Maybe they're just kind of trying to get away. They're just trying to, you know, relax. I'm not really sure. Um, and some of the stories, because I heard it from multiple resources, that she had just got married, the set and the other, like maybe it was a remake. I, I don't know. It's The details are murky. Okay. But they rented the room. They're in separate rooms. Exactly. According to the folklore, the mother reportedly died while having a bath. Apparently, this was like uh, an accidental drowning. I don't know what happened. No, Yeah, that that, that was kind of my reaction. Like, I mean, you could die. You, 
You can drown in a little bit of water. Was she like fell asleep? Did she need to medicate? Was she drinking? Well, that's Did the someone thing. drown her? Yeah, we don't we don't know. But apparently the son was contacted after the fact uh, by the hotel to gather her belongings, which I can imagine must have probably been traumatizing because he's already grieving. Then he has to go to the hotel where his mother died and pick up the stuff. Her stuff, yeah. Which is weird because. As mentioned, apparently she booked him a room. So I'm, I'm not sure if he was there, if he wasn't. It's, it's, once again, the details are really murky. Yeah, like if he was, really if she died there and they were there, like why didn't he just take her stuff when he left? Exactly. And most of the tales I've read or heard, the son is described as being overcome by grief and depression after losing his mother unexpectedly. So when he enters the room to gather her things, he then dies by suicide, I believe by jumping out the window. The window. Yeah. What's, there, what's the thing with the window? Is everyone jumping out the window? I have no idea. I I mean, it was a tall building, so I'm wondering if that was if that's... a for sure way of knowing because yeah, so they were up there. Well, and if they didn't have any other means, like if they didn't have you know like a gun or rope, pills, you know the usual things we see when we talk about suicides in these cases. I mean, a window is your go-to, I guess. Yeah. And I forget what I was listening to, but there was someone that was talking about the relief people feel when they jump out of, like, when they jump to their death. Mm. I'm not going to get into it because I I don't know, remember it word by word. But there is, like, a a study after the fact, which would be interesting to one day talk about on the show. (laughs) Within context of something, not just to trigger everybody, because, you know, it's not, no, like, not a light topic, right? So, no. Once again, wasn't able to find definitive information regarding the mother-son. As you guys remember from earlier, there was a mother-son situation where the son died in the train accident, this, that, and the other. No idea. It's it's most it's 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 just ghost lore at this point, right? Yes. Speaking of ghosts, really good segue into the haunt. Some ghosties. Yeah. So a lot of the information that I read points to the 11th floor being the hot spot of this hotel. You told me to remember that floor. I did. And you did. So we're doing good. <laughs> we're doing great. We're doing great. So for example, according to the Ogden's most haunted YouTube video, paranormal investigator Josh Shaw shared that people have reported feeling pushed out of the bathtub in room 1102. Like trying to get in and they're pushed out? Like trying to get out of the shower and they're pushed out? <laughs> Imagine just trying to get into a bathtub and you feel this force pushing you. (laughs) My time, bitch. I need some relaxation. Leave the candles and the bubbles. Like, this is my time. This is ghosty self-care time. (laughs) Exactly. Go self-care 101. They need baths too. Gosh. And Josh further mentioned in the video how people reportedly wake up with handprints on their backs randomly. Ooh. Yeah. Like a slap? Yeah. Or just like a handprint, like just like as yeah, as if someone slapped them. As in, they're not sort of dipping their hands, something to be like, here's a little print. <laughs> <laughs> what people do when they have like when they have kids, and they mm. do like the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, hand, but, some hand but instead, it's on someone's back without consent, so it's not great. <laughs> no, I feel like get out of here. <laughs> So, in his own experience, Josh shared how during an investigation one night, he was sitting beside the door to the room 1102. That was the one the son stayed in, correct? Apparently. Or the one that at least was supposedly for the son. Okay. The unnamed son. Josh shared that the door opened as if someone had slid a card through the door to open it. So, like, a card key, I guess. 
and kind of the door opened a little bit. Yeah. That, that's creepy. Not great. So I'd be like, oh, what can I grab right now and kill yeah. somebody? Someone's <laughs> coming to kill me. Yeah. I need some sage up in this motherfucker. Uh, he then reportedly heard footsteps in front of him stating that it was really loud and clear. Like you could not mistake it for anything else. It was dead, like dead ass footprint, like footsteps in front of him. Gross. So then he starts to do an EVP session uh, and reportedly heard the same steps again. So he asked who it was. A female voice had replied, I am here. To do what? (laughs) (laughs) I am here. Hello. Why haven't you introduced me to the main stage? I'm a little offended. So Josh assumed, probably given the location, that it could be the woman who died in the bathtub. He proceeded to ask her about her son, in which he got an EVP of the woman again saying, he is no longer here anymore. Oh, that's sad. Right? Just not, 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 not what you really want to hear. And to me, that's kind of interesting because it's like, okay, is his spirit not here anymore? Is she just acknowledging that he's not like alive anymore? Like, what is she doing? What yeah, does she need? Like, what does she mean by so according to the Haunted Houses website, people have report, reportedly experienced the bathtub starting by itself randomly while in room 1101 or 1102, not which one specifically because there's bouncing reports for the two. But either way, that is a waste of fucking water. It was like cost. Actually, I don't know yeah. if they'll pay for it, but a lot. <laughs> Yeah, like the hotel has a history of having unstable financial situations arise. Are you trying to put them under with your water? How dare you? Gosh. Anyways. Ugh. So that same website, once again, the Haunted Houses website, people have allegedly reported seeing the apparition of a boy wandering around the rooms looking distraught. Just, just a random boy or one we've already spoken about? Well, I want you to picture Zach Baggins being at this location. I don't think Ghost Adventures has been at this location as of yet, but I want you to picture Zach Baggins at this location and his voice saying, and I quote, could this be the woman's son who died by suicide because of the grief of his mother? Because that's a, that's where my mind went. Yes. And then they'll definitely feel something or see something or hear something, of course. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. So we're not sure if this is the son. We're not sure if this is another app, like another person that died on the property. We don't know. Zach Baggins, help us out. We we want to know. You should go there. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't actually, to be honest. Because I was looking for a Ghost Adventures episode, couldn't find it. If it exists, I couldn't find it. So how dare they? They need to go figure this out for us. Exactly. Part two. <laughs> exactly. We can do updates. According to the Dead History website, some other activity specifically to the 11th floor has been reported as phone calls coming from unoccupied rooms of the floor, while other random spooky reports include the elevator randomly stopping on different floors. So, like, let's say you're going to the 10th floor, and all of a sudden it randomly stops at the 8th, but no one's there. Maybe they use the stairs. They couldn't wait. Maybe. I mean, that that's actually a really logical reason. Thank you, Christy. Yes. <laughs> I bring the logic to the table. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Guests reportedly encounter the smell of old-fashioned perfume. And for some reason, I thought it'd be funny to put in my notes, Is It Curious by Britney Spears? <laughs> that's your version of old-fashioned. <laughs> yes. Because anytime I think of old-fashioned perfume, my mind goes to that little blue bottle from Britney Spears. 
Spears because I remember you had it and I would always steal it from you every time I came to your house in a high school or public school and I wanted Probably. it. I never you thief. <laughs> I'm a perfume thief. What can I say? I just like to smell good. Uh, people also report cold spots. Um, they report hearing Toxic by Britney Spears on the 11th floor. What? I'm just kidding. So, you made that up. I made that up. <laughs> that, that that doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Uh, people hearing uh, disembodied voices. According to the Haunted Houses website, people have heard voices in 1106 specifically. Don't know why. Don't know why it's that specific room, but apparently they hear it from that room. Uh, doors randomly slamming, which we don't like. And full body apparitions, which once again, we don't like. Not super, not super thrilled about it. Uh, Jennifer Jones from the Dead History website, which I highly recommend that website. I we follow Jennifer on Twitter, and she puts out some really good stuff. And she does her own ghost, or she was doing her own ghost investigations and what have you. She actually went to the Bigelow Ben Lamont Hotel back in 2018 and caught an EVP while they were talking to a friend about the people who had died by suicide at the hotel. Mm-hmm. In the EVP, which you can listen to on the website, you kind of hear what sounds to be two people talking about someone who jumped from the window. And then I heard a third voice that was really clear say down. D-O-W-N. I don't know. <laughs> of course, I was listening on my tablet, like my iPad, which like the speakers aren't the greatest on it. Do you like replaying it? You're like, hey, what they say? Let me hear a little bit clearer. But I literally looked... Like a boomer because I had my iPad speaker with my ear playing it like a fucking boombox. Boombox. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a pretty moment, but it happened. So, this this the lengths I go to for research for you people. <laughs> but regardless, so they said something, but we don't know what they said. Yeah, well, I heard down. I heard someone saying down, and it did. I will say, you can clearly hear Jennifer and her friend. Like their voices are clear as day. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the third voice sounds even cl- more clearer than their mm-hmm. voice, which is interesting. Yeah. So go check that out for yourself, because once again, everyone has a different perception of audio observation. So, yes. so to kind of summarize this location, because that's kind of it in terms of the, the spooky ookiness of it. But like most r- reportedly haunted places, this location seems to kind of beg some questions. First, how many people actually died on site? So the YouTube video, The Haunting History of the Ben Lamond Hotel Bigelow Apartments by user Yep, It's Cat, made a valid point that some hotels won't publicly announce deaths on the property. Uh, This could be considered fair because we know how sometimes announcing how many deaths have taken place may not necessarily go over well. Cue the CISA Hotel. (laughs) Yes, like you're known as like the death hotel or you're just don't tell anybody well and that's the thing too as much as there's people out there who would like to know for historians sake or just to know mm-hmm. is that a, a good marketing tactic yeah to yeah like people <laughs> are going to want to come say like cecil where they want to explore and do their own investigations great people want to come for that but people are not going to want to come they know people died there so the thing too Right? Do you want a hotel that's just a hotel that's just known to be like a high class hotel, or do you want it to have a potential exploitive aspect to it where people can come in, they can stay, but they can also do ghost investigations and stuff like that, right? We have to deter your other guests. Yeah, and we have to acknowledge the fact that, yes, 
like I'm all for ghost investigations. Like if I could quit my full-time job and become a paranormal investigator, do you honestly think I would hesitate? Absolutely not. But I will say you have to acknowledge the fact that anytime you are trying to find something, you are unconsciously kind of stirring the pot, hypothetically speaking, right? Like you are, Mm -hmm. you're kind of poking a hypothetical bear. And if you go to a location and you start poking that bear and then you just leave, well, that activity isn't going to stop the second that your ass leaves, right? Yeah, like you stir up things for anybody that is there and yes. Yeah, so... You know, I, like if I was a hotel person thing, if I if I was Employee. a ho- <laughs> if I was a hotel building, let me tell you what I would do. No, if I yeah, if I was a hotel employee or if I owned a hotel, I would be very cautious to release how many people have died on site or to release how haunted my location is mm-hmm. for that reason. Because yeah, of course you can profit off of those paranormal investigators and investigations, but if you still want to remain a hotel. You're not going to want all that energy at like 10 out of 10 full blast all the time because you're not going to have anyone that's going to want to stay there, right? Yeah, your people are going to be like, your guests are going to be in there feeling all the hot spots or whatever. They're like, I'm out of here, not coming back. Exactly. So the second question I had during this uh, you know, research was, where does the folklore or what someone to refer to and what I've been kind of referring to as ghost lore come from? Like, where does it come from? Where, where, where does its roots lie in? Uh, were they based on real life events or made up at sleepovers to spook friends that were staying over? Regardless, I kind of think it's fair to say that the Bigelow Ben Lamont Hotel in Ogden is definitely one of its most reported haunted locations. That was a consistent theme throughout my research. Whether some of the stories were made up, whether it's ghost or folklore, whatever, I think it's fair to say that there is something going on at that location which would point to all signs leading to, you know, it's haunted. Yes, it seems like something's going on for sure. Yeah. Uh, Now known on TripAdvisor as the Bigelow Hotel and Residencies, an Assen Hotel collection member, it's apparently number seven of 23 hotels in the area. I wasn't able to get a full idea of pricing, which may be due to COVID. Thank you, Panorama. Uh, Along with the fact that TripAdvisor automatically took me to an October 2021 booking. Like, I went to kind of, like, hypothetically book just to see, like, the different room prices and everything. It's like, oh, you want to come in October? (laughs) Only October. (laughs) I mean, part of me was like, damn, they must be really booked up. And the other half of me was (laughs) was thinking, I mean, I could. I I would love to go in October. Let's do it when it's the most, like, haunted time of year. Why not? Yeah, that's very for you. (laughs) Oh, of course. Whether you want to go and stay due to the fact that it's a historic beauty or because you're into weird things and want to encounter some hauntedness, do so safely. Don't be a dick to the ghosts. And remember to always respect hotel staff. That's the case. That's the distraction of this week. Hmm, that's a goodie. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done a haunted hotel, I think. I think the last one was Quebec, I want to say. I think so. Quick shout out to my lovely resources. Thank you so much for helping me make up this episode in this case to present to our weird friends and family members. So first and foremost, thank you to the Haunted Houses website, uh, Ogden, Utah, Ben Lamont Suites. The Dead History website, 
The Bigelow Hotel, Ogden, Utah, by Jennifer Jones on January 13th, 2013. Also, shout out to the National Park Service website, the National Register of Historic Places nomination by Alan Roberts on November 14th, 1899. It was in 1894. 1989. I can't read numbers. This is why I'm not an accountant. A little bit on that spectrum there. Uh, YouTube video, The Haunting History of the Ben Lamont Hotel, Bigelow Apartments by user, yep, it's Kat. October 26, 2020. Uh, her YouTube video was really cute. I think she just like kind of started doing YouTube back in like late 2020. So it's it's cute. It's I liked it. And I think she actually is in Ogden, which was interesting because I think she made a comment about that. So go check oh. that. Yeah, go check that video out. Uh, another YouTube video called Ogden's Most Haunted by user Adam Salazar, which is uploaded January 11th, 2016. The Only in Your State website article 11 truly terrifying ghost stories that prove Ogden is the most haunted city in Utah by Catherine Armstrong back on March 15th, 2017. The TripAdvisor website, Bigelow Hotel and Residencies, an Essen Hotel Collection uh, member. (laughs) Got that part. And finally, the last little cherry on top to this horrifying Sunday is the Hotel Pros website, Ben Lamont Hotel, to be rebranded as Bigelow Hotel by Mark Saul on February 2nd, 2017. And that well, is thank that. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Christy, can you tell these fine weirdos where they could find us, maybe get some bonus content, maybe get a hoodie or a t-shirt? Or how to support the show for absolutely zero cost and zero percent down. Yes, at no cost. Please find us on the many platforms you find podcasts on. For example, Spotify, Anchor, and Apple. Some reviews, some stars. Get us up at some ratings. That would be great, free of charge. Uh, Want to spend a little more money? You can go on over to our merch on Redbubble. You can get anything on basically anything. Again, you can also go on our Patreon. And support us that way. And shout out to again to our two members, Tom and Bailey. You can also just email us any suggestions. Uh, we have the listener stories going on. So if you have a topic you want to share to be on one of our episodes, uh, Weird Distractions Podcast. And then on our Twitter and on Facebook, pretty much anywhere you can find us. Yeah. And honestly, we're also, did you mention TikTok? Because we're on TikTok. No, I did not. You did the TikTok. Yeah. So, yeah, I do the TikTok, and I forgot to tell you, Christy, there was one video I posted because I was, I really got into um, Inside the World's Toughest Prisons on Netflix. Like, I've, I've binge-watched the entire five seasons. It's bad. Uh, and so I made a TikTok about one specific serial killer from Russia. I, mm-hmm. Is it Russia? Anyways, go check it out, because apparently it has 3,000 plays, which is, like, the most plays Ooh. we have on a TikTok video, and, like, I know that, I know to some that's, 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 mi- like, minimal, that's, like, nothing. I'm sorry, what? Who am I? But that's, like, everything to us, okay? Yeah, so, yeah, check us out on TikTok. Um, I'm trying to post more of, like, my face, and eventually when Christy and I can hang out face-to-face, we'll do more maybe together. No dances, because we are elder millennials, and my knees hurt. All the time. So, no. I and can't, I can't do- dance. So and, sorry. and, yeah, I, we have no rhythm. <laughs> so, once again, thank you so very much for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being a weird ally. And if you need a distraction. We got you. Bye-bye. Bye.